What's up, everyone? I'm Ruthina Porterfield, and this is Liberated Conversations with Ruthina. The excerpt for today's episode comes from an older post on ruthinaporterfield.com about an event I attended a couple of years ago. People came together with a common goal. They came together to do something often talked about, particularly by Christians, but rarely executed. And it reads, On Friday night, as Hollywood Arise kicked into gear, the heavens literally opened as rain began to fall and lightning cracked the sky. It was an amazing sight. Monday, after the event ended, the first Santa Ana winds of the season came through Los Angeles. The meteorologists said this was the strongest they had ever seen this early in the season. When the people of God earnestly pray, God moves. It's that simple. But we must move too. We must move into the spaces that God has called us to occupy. We must use the gifts that God has given us and never be ashamed to tell others about the giver. Today's conversation is with a woman who is trying to do exactly that. She is moving into the spaces that God has called her to occupy. Her name is is Teresa Jennings Bukers. She is the co-founder of an organization called Battle Cry for Freedom. And today we're going to be talking about its mission. We're going to be talking about how she's executing that mission and how you can become a part of it. So join the conversation. Liberated Conversations with Ruthina is sponsored by the Andrea Chanel Signature Hair Care Collection. For all of your healthy hair care needs, go to andreachanelhair.com. Hello, Teresa. Thank you for coming. Yes. I am so glad we got to kind of make this happen, like just out of kind of nowhere. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. So I'm yes, really I'm super excited. Yeah, I'm like, Super excited. So I want to jump in by first letting everyone know how we met. So how we know each other. So we know each other through an acting workshop. But personally, I feel like we met met after Hollywood Arise, the event that I wrote about in in the blog post. Do you remember? Because I remember you actually approaching me about it. I think you had read the blog or something like that. I don't know if you remember um, I kind of remember it. I am such a people person and I love to hear people's stories and I love to know people uh, that I remember meeting you there, but I don't honestly remember the conversation because I, I had just, um, I had tore my hamstring and I couldn't walk and at mm-hmm. Hollywood Arise, um, I got healed. So I was so like in this space with the Lord that I was so delighted that a lot of it, I, don't, I just remember being in the presence of God, you know? <laughs> It was an amazing event. It was an absolutely amazing event that kind of changed my mentality on a couple of things. So it was super exciting. But I remember you approaching me because your spirit was just so sweet. And it was just like, oh, she's she's kind of nice. Okay, I can I can work with her. I can work (laughs) with her. So um, so that's kind of how we met. And of course, you know how Facebook is. You're like, can you, are you on Facebook? Are you on Facebook? And that's how we started kind of quote unquote communicating. But I have been following your Facebook post for the last year. And I have to say this, this is what I love about your post. You are strong, you are passionate, and you are unapologetic about (laughs) basically everything you put up. And (laughs) I'm I'm like, she is bold. And though I may or may not agree with some of the stuff you put up, I have to say, Teresa, all of your posts always cause me to think, to research, and to pray. And it it it, it challenges me. And I think I've said that probably in the first, because I don't comment that much on Facebook. I'm not active like that. I use it mostly for friends and family. But when I see something that makes me think, it, I'll respond. And that's what your posts have done. So I have to say that to you in person. Well, I, I feel like for me, Facebook has always been a place uh, that I feel can be really damaging uh, to people. But I believe that anything that Satan uses for harm, we as the body of Christ can 
hijack it and use it for good. I feel yeah. like Satan tries to hijack all the good things of God. So why can't we just do the same thing? So I, I really try to use social media platforms to try to challenge, encourage, um, be bold. Uh, sometimes some of the things I say are kind of intense, but I also do that for the sake of my own growth because those times where I've been corrected and people have challenged me even, and I feel like it helps me grow as well to understand different people's perspectives and ideals. So that's what I was going to ask you. How, do you feel like you have been challenged even within your own, like when you, like say you put something up and someone lovingly, because that's a problem, you know, how damaging that stuff can be. But when someone lovingly says, hey, I think a different perspective, I think in a different way. And here's why I think that way. Has it challenged you? Or like, I know that happens for me. Has it challenged you or made you say, okay, I can see where you're coming from, that type of thing? Yeah, I feel like because of the kind of ministry that we've been in most of our lives, my husband and I, I, I believe we really have that kind of mentality anyway. Some things I'm super black and white. This is the way oh, yeah. what the Lord says I'm not changing. Absolutely. But there's other things where I've tried really hard to hear other people's perspectives. And I have a really amazing legacy in my background of culture and community and race and religion, um, you know, all kinds of things where i I feel super blessed and mm. I actually wrote a blog about being privileged in the sense that I'm privileged to have the opportunity to experience so much culture and so much religion. Right. We've, we've had a lot of experiences in that, which I feel like have really helped me to value humans, regardless if I agree with them or not. I mean, there's times I've been the only non-Muslim at an entire Muslim wedding. There's times where, oh. you know, we've been in situations where we've, because we've loved people, and value them regardless of their differences. We've had the honor of being treated like family and being treated like one, you know, like a part of that community. And so, um, even though I'm really passionate about things, I'm mostly passionate about human life and people valuing others. Sometimes right. it doesn't come across that way in my passion, I think, but it's in that passion for humanity and for loving others that I get so intense, <laughs> you know? You know, no, I totally understand. And it's so funny because anytime I um, get into conversations with when I can tell that the conversation is going to be awesome, other thoughts come in my head. And so while you were talking, um, I thought about how you said those those opportunities and those blessings of being in environments where you basically are the like you are the only person representing Christ. And one of the things that I have um I, I don't know if I take pride in it or is it if it's just something that I'm like, OK, God, let's work with it. If this is what it is, it is. But since moving to L.A., I've been here for 13 years. The first 10 to 11 years, I had no Christian friends. I was a I was a member of an awesome ministry, but be, and still a member of Faithful Central. Love my church. Um, but because I live so far away from my church. I found it very difficult to establish a community within my place of worship, but God placed awesome people in my life that are loving, gracious people. And that taught me how God can use anything and anyone to bless you. Right. At the same time though, there's that challenge of having these really very close friends who differ from you in some major, major issues. And so for the first time, I never, ever thought I would be in a position where, you know, I've defended my position with no, without, without question, but I never thought I would be one of those ones that actually like lost a friend over it. Mm -hmm. And for the first time, I think that was year before last, I actually lost a friend over uh over right and wrong and it was weird for me because i think people make the assumption sometimes sometimes that by me being your friend i'm condoning Mm. something or some issue or think it's okay or that we agree that we just agree because we're friends And I live in a space where I can be friends with you. I can love you. It's my job to love you with that love that that lives in me. 
but I do have to love you through whatever it is that we disagree on. And I think, um, I think my question for you is how have you managed to, or have you been presented with that scenario and how have you handled that scenario? Um, well, we, my sister-in-law is part of the LGBT community and, mm -hmm. and she, her and her partner had a ceremony which we, my husband and I, we don't agree that marriage is between a woman and a woman and it's between a man and a woman. And we had some really hard conversations because they wanted us to go to the, um, the ceremony. Yeah. And so we prayed and fasted and asked the Lord, what does that look like? And the Lord told me, you love them. You're, you, just because you're going to be a part of this thing that's important to them, they know that you don't agree. But if you don't go, it's going to it's going to wound them in a space because they're going to feel unloved. So we went to the to the ceremony and uh, a lot of their friends were shocked that we were there. But it built this amazing bridge because they saw Jesus in a way that I don't think they've ever seen before. And it was um, we had we were really blessed because they felt blessed and because they felt loved. And um, we actually lost some Christian friends because we went to wow. the ceremony. Yeah, and uh, because they felt like we were compromising our faith, which we weren't, because we they knew where we stood. It's just, but that's my sister in law's my husband's sister, and he loves her, and so we wanted them to know we we love you, and so we're gonna be here, and we're gonna show you that we love you. So it's it's a hard balance because some people don't understand, and I believe that everything is between you and the Lord. You know, exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. That's. I think people get this idea that every Christian relationship is supposed to look exactly the same. Right. And it doesn't. It's I, I always compare relation your relationship with God just like a marriage, right? At at a core, we all know what marriage is supposed to look like, filled with love and and I'm not talking social issues right now. I'm just talking about marriage in general, right? Like right, right. marriage is you get together, you love, there are gonna be fights, they're gonna but what happens in my house is going to be different from what happens in your house. Right. right? It doesn't change the fact that I'm married and that you're right. married. Yeah. It just looks different. Right. You know what exactly. I mean? And I think that's what your relationship with God is supposed to be. My relationship with God and your relationship with God probably looks a little different. May or may not, we don't know, may or may not look a little different, but it is the whole purpose that I wanted you here. At the, at the end of the day, we have a relationship with the creator of the universe who right. loves me mm -hmm. just like he loves you. Right. And that's what that's. And it just trips me out that people will completely obliterate relationships because they feel like it's supposed to look one way. It just it blows my mind. I'm like, do you read your Bible? OK, whatever. <laughs> but, um, but hey, so be it. Yeah. It just, it trips me out. So, um, so I want to talk about Jericho Walks, but I want to talk about God, how the Jericho Walks came into being. I want to talk about God waking you up in the middle of the night. <laughs> I want to talk, speaking of relationship, yeah. and how God talks with us. I want to talk about that whole how did that kind of came to be? First of all, did Battle Cry, did your organization come before the Jericho? Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Battle Cry, America, or? <laughs> well, we actually have a ministry called Ra, which is real authentic worship that we've had since 2008. And uh, about three years ago, we took a sabbatical um, because we, uh, we worked as urban missionaries and we had two kids that were in our Bible study were shot and killed. And uh, we, I was starting to get very angry and cynical at the church actually um, in kind of their response to the, the youth that we are working for. And so we were um, encouraged to take a sabbatical by our mentors. And so we were on sabbatical for three years. So this March of 2020 I mean, would have been, I'm sorry, May of 2020 has been three years since we've been on sabbatical. And so we've just been working. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then when the lockdown happened, we started going to different um, reopened California events because we were not in agreement with what was happening. And after the about the third one we went to, the Lord uh, had told my husband, I, there was it was really intense. Uh, it was May 1st. It was uh, in L.A. It was a really intense um, because there was some opposition uh, from another group. And so um, afterwards, my husband and I, we left and we started to pray. And we're asking the Lord, like, what more can we do? You know, we can go to these protests all the time, but how, how are we helping? Because we're an action people. You know, we're what kind of actions can we take to make a difference in the world? So uh, the Lord had told us as clear as day, um, you you can keep battling in the natural, but at some point you're going to have to battle in the heavenlies because that's where the real battle is. And mm. so... Um, on May 23rd, there was a big event at the state capitol, and we had gotten in touch with the organizers, and we said, hey, we would love to come early and just pray and um, worship and um, do a Jericho walk around the capitol to really just set the stage, change the atmosphere for all the things that are happening. Um, you know, we asked if we could be, do that because we wanted to be in unity with them, and they said, yes, please do. But actually, before that, actually, um, I'm sorry, I forgot this. After the Lord told us that, we actually met in Fresno with a lot of our friends and said, hey, we want to come together. We just want to do a battle cry to the Lord to just declare war on the enemy, to let him know that, you know, we are not backing down. We are going to go into battle. We're not, this is not us standing. This is us battling. Like, we're going to fight you to get our nation back. So the first actual battle cry was in Fresno, just with a group of our close friends, the second one was in at this at the Capitol. And what happened was is there was about 200 people that walked with us, which we thought there was only going to be about 50 because there's only about 50 people worshiping with us. And this huge group came around. And then what happened after that was it kind of birthed out of nowhere. This this kind of um, thing that people were starting to um, message us and text us. And are you going to do another one? And and so we we answered that call and we said, OK, Lord, is this what you want us to do? So we um, we we started planning these Jericho walks around California after that day, which was May. Uh, that was May 23rd. So then we started planning these Jericho walks throughout California. So we planned six of them from um, June, July, August, September. So in four months, we've actually done more because we've partnered with other people who have done them because that's really our heart. We're really encouraging other people to do this as well. Um, but that's kind of where it came from. My uh, mentor reminded me the other day when she was, when we were praying, she said, but since I've known you, Teresa, you've been doing Jericho walks. You used to do Jericho walks around property. You used to do Jericho walks around churches. You did Jericho walks around school. And I was like, oh yeah, I, I have been doing Jericho walks. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just, I feel like it's something very sacred between me and the Lord. Yeah. that he has given to me as um, because I I am a person that likes to to act and move. So even for me praying in, in my prayer closet, it's I want to, I'm, I have a hard time just doing that. So I feel like the Lord has given me this grace and this tangible thing where I can walk like the children of Israel did and just pray and worship and declare the name of the Lord. And, um, or it's something that the enemy sees and other people see that, look, we are um, declaring the name of God. And this is our battle cry to the enemy that we're, we're not backing down. Yeah, I, um, I, I'm, I was familiar with the concept. However, I was, um, I didn't know it had a name, Jericho Walk, right? And the, the first time I, I heard about it, I was in college and there was a church that I went to visited in college and they were walking. They did the Jericho walk thing. They walked around silently six times and then they walked around again um, that last time and then let out a shout. And the next time I heard about it was when I moved to L.A. and I joined my church, Faithful Central Bible Church. And I learned the history of the church. One of the Faithful Central used to own the forum in L.A. Oh, OK. And um, they owned it. We owned it for 10 years. Uh, when I joined the church, they had already been there for like six years, I think. And I they have a whole video up of how they got the form. And part of that process was 
before they moved, when, when our pastor, Bishop Kenneth Omer, got the, the, the vision where God said, okay, yeah, you're going to buy the form. One of the things he told the congregation to do was, okay, on, I think, I can't remember what day it was, but the congregation literally went to the forum and walked all the way around the forum six times and the and then the seventh quietly and then the seventh time they let out a shout and um long story short and trust me long story short <laughs> um, because a whole lot happened between the Jericho walk and them actually signing the deed to own it but yes they ended up owning the forum and um it 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 blew my mind that's when i learned the power in it that it wasn't just something just to do, which kind of leads me into um, something that I wanted to discuss specifically because I wanted to really address how we always talk about something just to do, right? Um, How I said before, particularly Christians like to talk about stuff and say, um, like I said in the email, they break out the Chronicles verse. If my people who are called by my name, they say this stuff and in and, and church, you'll hear people go, yeah, that's what we need to do. And they shout and all this stuff. And then they go home after church and have their Sunday dinner and they take their Sunday nap and nothing happens. And one of my pet peeves is uh, constantly quoted Bible verses that become cliches. I despise that because it becomes one of the things that makes the body of Christ look not the word of God, but the way people use the word of God. And it makes the body of Christ look crazy. And I think what has happened, one of my just pet peeves is how the church has become this kind of sideline type thing, you know, where it's like we talk this great game but we're not really ready to go in and play. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a sports fanatic. I'm a diehard sports fanatic. Oh, no, so, I use that analogy all the time. <laughs> so I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, um, so this whole idea of us being on the sidelines and I, I often, I get so tired of seeing that. And so when I saw, one of the reasons I get tired of it, Teresa, is because that is not our history. Right. Um, I, I can only speak for being a black girl, um, being raised in a black church in the South. It was the church, the body of Christ that was on the front lines of the civil rights movement. It was the church that was on the front lines of the community going in, helping, um, really doing the work. And now it's as if either we're not doing it or it's not being publicized. And I think, or we're not doing it loud enough. I, I, I don't know what the issue is, um, but I want to rectify it. Yeah. And I think that the Jericho walks that you, that God has given you is one of the ways to do that. So talk about what the Jericho walks are, the actual mission of them. So the mission is essentially Ephesians 6, which is we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, and high places for the tearing down of strongholds. So our mission is to walk and pray to tear down strongholds in um, well, what we have really hold, taken a hold of is the seven mountains of influence, which I don't know if you're familiar with those, but it's... Yeah. Um, I um, Oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut no, um, my pastor actually a couple years ago brought them up. He preached a whole series after okay. he found out about them and explained them to us. And when he brought it to our attention, I was like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. This yeah. is huge. But please continue. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So we so uh when we did our our second Jericho walk at the state capitol, the Lord had given my husband this. My husband is a more of a teacher, so he will share any kind of thing that the Lord gives him. And on that first one, it was about how um, this, there's seven mountains of influence and one of them is family. And so what he saw was that six of those seven mountains are influencing the family. And so we have the six mountains of influence that are influencing the family underneath. And as a result, we put God on the bottom and he's in a box. 
where mm-hmm. it should be God is at the top influencing the family and then the family is influencing those seven mountains of influence. And in that space, the Christian family should be in all those mountains of influences and places of leadership and um, in places of influence so that we influence um, our society, our, our, our um, communities, our states, our laws, our churches even. And, um, and so for us, we really believe that as we're walking, especially the one that we're doing on the 26th, we're going to specifically pray against the strongholds, principalities, and high places that are in each of those seven mountains of influence. So for instance, you're in the arts and entertainment industry. So we would pray specifically for God to pull down the strongholds, powers, and principalities in that specific um, mountain of influence. And then ask God, once you pull those down, Lord, raise up your Christian leaders to influence those, those empty spaces so that we can influence our, um, our state, our nation, and the world with, the kingdom principles versus world principles. Right. Right. I, um, that totally, it, it makes sense. Um, I think a big thing to understand is one of the statements that is on your website, but you just, you said it and I, I kind of want you to elaborate a little bit more on it when you talked about the whole idea of, okay, you're doing this stuff in the natural, but what, what's up in the spiritual because at the end of the day we are spirits right walking having a natural experience you know and so um understanding that you got to start the fight where the fight really is because what we're seeing in in the natural what we're seeing in our visual in our physical is actually only a representation like a physical manifestation of the real battle right. that's going on. Right. Right. So I think what you're referring to is uh, my husband had said, if we, the Lord, when he, that first Jericho walk, he said, if we don't battle in the heavenlies, we're going to battle in the physical. And this was before, um, this was before even the George Floyd event happened. And after that happened and there was so much intensity in the natural Um, that's when we really were like, okay, we have to take this seriously because, um, you know, we need to engage things in the spirit to keep them from happening in the natural. Because right now there is so much division and every aspect of life, I don't care what it is, it's religion, it's race, it's business, it's politics. I mean, there is so much division. I've never experienced so much division in my whole life. And um, for us, we really believe that praying together brings unity in the body of Christ, which brings the kingdom of heaven down, which establishes God's kingdom on earth, which then changes the atmosphere, literally changes the structure of our earth because the earth is alerted the fullness thereof and the rocks cry out if we're not worshiping. So there's, there's something in the actual physical earth that we have to realize as Christians that when we're worshiping, when we're battling the earth, um, it moans, the Bible says. And so for us, you know, I, I grieve when I see people getting shot and, and I, and I see different people saying, oh, he deserved it. He didn't deserve it. Oh, and I'm just like, my, here's the thing where I'm at. I'm like, at the end of the day, violence is so heinous and so intense that I, I, um, you know, it's hard for me, especially because my husband and I were urban missionaries and we worked with kids and gangs. And I've experienced that. I've been where there's drive-by shootings five seconds after I drop kids off. I pick kids up when their mom is, you know, has a machete trying to chase them down. Violence is no joke. It's the, it's so scary and it's intense. But like you said, it manif- it's something that's manifesting from the spirit into the flesh. So we are really um, passionate <laughs> about battling those things because it doesn't matter what I say to somebody in the Antifa movement, the BLM movement, the Patriot movement, the church movement, the political movement. It doesn't matter what I say. What matters is, is what my God says. And so I want to partner with him in prayer and in action to declare publicly and also spiritually to the heavenly places that you know, we're partnering with God in this. We're partnering in God in battling these demonic strongholds. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's, it is a hard balance because what we talked earlier, when you're in battle mode, 
um, and you're constantly, for me, I'm constantly in battle mode. I'm constantly praying in the spirit. I'm constantly like reading my words. You know, I'm, uh, I, I'm doing this 30 days of repentance, asking the Lord, like, what do you want us to repent from Lord um, to show you how desperate we are for healing our land. And like you said, with that verse, a lot of people don't realize people are preaching revival, revival, and I'm not in revival mode. I'm in battle mode because I'm like, if my people, if my people do these things, then I'll do these things. So it's not like, oh, you know, we're going to quote the scripture and God's going to heal our land. It, that's not what the word says. The word says, if my people who are called by my name, humble themselves yes. and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. And there's yeah. a lot of that in the Bible. If my people do this, the Jericho walk, yes. if you do this, if you do this, then I will do this. Right. If you, if you walk around six times quietly and the seventh time you shout, then I will give you Jericho. You right. know, what I mean? if you don't bring idols into the camp, you will win these battles. And like right after that battle, they lost the battle of I because someone brought in a mm -hmm. false God into their thing because right. they didn't participate in the if, <laughs> you know, they, right. they, they stepped outside of that. And yeah. so for us, I'm, I believe there's going to be revival. You know, I wrote, I wrote a prophetic word about it with Super Bowl. I don't know if you've read it, but it's, um, well, I, I read it. Know, yeah. Okay. About the Super Bowl. I believe there'll be revival if, if. we do these things. Yeah. So for me, um, I'm very passionate about stirring the body of Christ up to uh, not only be on their knees, but go do a Bible study, have a prayer group at your house. You know, who cares if the churches are closed? The churches are, the church buildings and organizations are irrelevant to our relationship with Jesus Christ. All they are is a place for us to gather, to do community and to do life so we can come together and encourage one another. But for me, that's why on our Instagram and our Facebook page, if you tell me something that's going on that you're doing in California, I post it on there. So people all over California will know because we want to empower the body of Christ uh, to do those things because right. I can't do this by myself. My husband can't do it. We need the body as a whole unified together to pray and to fast and to um, gather people together. So when revival comes, we're ready. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Um, that's super important. One of the things that we're looking at on the screen is actually my old neighborhood where I grew up. Um, it's a place called Liberty Hill. And um, the one of the oldest AME churches in Charleston, South Carolina is in that neighborhood. Wow. But also today, one of the largest Baptist churches in Charleston is also in that neighborhood. Mm. However, here's the conflict. The violence in my neighborhood has gotten completely out of control. And I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to my, and those two churches that I told you about are on opposite ends of the neighborhood. And I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, okay, hold up. <laughs> We've got two historical major ministries from these two different denominations or whatever on the same land where my cousin was shot and killed saving his son, his baby son. Um, we've got two major churches on the same land where a little a girl who didn't make it to 25, 26, that I used to babysit, was shot and killed in her home two days before Christmas. Like, and that's just two stories. Like, I, and I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, where are you? Where, where, where are these two huge ministries? One of the ministries that's there was a major visiting station during the election in 2016. Mm. Where were you? Like, where were you when all of this stuff is going on in this neighborhood? And ever since I was a little girl, I can remember asking my grandmothers because violence, I mean, it, it's not like my neighborhood was suburbia. Right. But I remember being a young girl and asking my grandmother, you know, why don't these churches get together and do something about the craziness that's going on in the neighborhood? And all I remember my grandmother saying is, baby, that's a good question. And, it, and I just and my question remains the same, Teresa. It remains the same. Where is the church and why aren't we getting together 
to do something about what's happening in our world. Right. And I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm straight frustrated. And so, um, and so when I saw kind of Jericho walks, it made me think about what we can do as individuals. And, and this is what I want you to speak to. We really need, I think we're, we're seeing it in the non-Christian world where people get these ideas, especially kind of that millennial generation where people are getting ideas and they're like, you know what, why not? Let's do it, right? They're kind of moving on it. And when I saw Jericho walks and I saw what you were doing, I said, oh my gosh, God told her to do something crazy. And she said, okay, fine, let's do it. You know, I want you to speak to the necessity, the urgency of people, individuals in the body of Christ hearing something crazy from God and stepping out on what we're supposed to be stepping out on, faith, and actually doing that crazy thing, trusting God and doing that crazy thing that God tells you to do. And I think how I want you to speak to it is how you how you did it. When God told your initial reaction, because I know it had to be like, uh, like that initial reaction, and then what it looked like to step out and say, okay, I don't know what how you've kind of figured it out or how you're kind of navigating your way through it at this moment? Well, I, it, for me, this is kind of who I am and who I've been for a long time. Uh, and it's not been without mm-hmm. a lot of pain <laughs> um, because I, um, I was five years old when I, my mom put me on a, Baptist bus and I got saved before my parents did. And so I've kind of always been in this place where I've been a little bit of a forerunner. And um, for me, um, obeying God and taking risks is, is actually not hard for me because I've been trained in it. Um, But because of that, I have experienced a lot of other issues. So I want to speak to the fact that I'm not saying that like I'm something special because I'm not. It's just that's how I'm built. Personally, that's the way God made me. Absolutely. But it's not been without a lot of rejection and pain and hurt and, yeah. and lacking and doubting myself. So one of the things that I try to do to encourage people is when God tells you to jump off of a cliff and you're like, but I can die. <laughs> like, are you going to catch me, Lord? Like, if I jump off this cliff, what if I die? <laughs> um because I've had moments where we've jumped off of a cliff. We open up a restaurant, uh, God opened every door and then the economy failed and we lost everything. And we're like, you told us to jump off this cliff. You opened every door. We lost everything. We got a huge lawsuit. I mean, we're million dollars later, you know, we're, I'm still 12 years later. I'm still paying debt from that, that experience. Right. right. Um, and it's hard, but one of the things the Lord told me through that process was, And one of the things I always tell people, if you jump off a cliff and you splat to the ground and die because you feel like you lost everything, you lost credibility, your friends, whatever, God is the God who raises things and people from the dead. And so that's what we have had to really hold on to is even if we do something that fails. um, And let me tell you this battle cry America thing, when the Lord told me to do it, I told the Lord, I don't have very much influence, Lord. Not very many people know me. You're asking me to organize 50 states and have people come together at their state capitals to pray. And I've been painstakingly for a month, you know, sending out emails and this and that. And that we only have four or five states that have committed out of 50. And so for me, it feel, I feel like a failure. Like, I, you know, why did you choose me? Like, it feels like I've fell and splatted to the ground <laughs> because it's like, you know, in three weeks. And um, and the Lord keeps telling me, you know, that you, I asked you to do this for the sake of obedience. There's something in it you can't see. And so even though it feels like I fell and, you know, crashed to the ground because there's not that many people who have, have really jumped on board, what the Lord is telling me, there's something in it that's going to be resurrected that you don't see. Mm. Um, there's a guy who I met in Orange County and the Lord told him to start a Bible study. And for four weeks, it was just him and his wife and one other person. And wow. um, and now 
more and more people are coming. But the one person that came was so blessed and felt, had went through so much healing that it was it was amazing. But he felt like, why did you ask me to do this? Like, I feel like it's there's no one's even coming. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. And um, and I think that's kind of what why people are afraid to take risks is for the failure. Like, what if I fail? What if I look dumb? What if it doesn't work out the way I envision it to look at? Look, um, like we had a Jericho walk last Saturday in LA and um, we've had a hundred people. We've had 60 people. We've had 200 people at every Jericho walk. So it's five o'clock in LA and there's no one coming uh, except for there was a, um, a BLM protest that came and they went onto the steps where we were. And so we heard the Lord say, you know, give them space. So we took the tent down that we had. We just were playing worship and praying at that time. And we scooted over. And um, and so the Lord said, just pray and do Jericho walk. So we just did a Jericho walk. And by the time we came back around, the the um, one of the person who was leading it, we asked if we can pray for her. And she said yes. And um, God gave us this amazing opportunity to pray for her. And what the Lord revealed to me was, you know, there is so much division and so much um, Mm -hmm. hatred and so much fear going on right now that if there was people there, a lot of people there, when um, BLM came, there may have been people there that um, there may have been a conflict and that's not what your heart is. And so um, even though for us, it was like nobody showed up, but there was I mean, my husband said he saw two angels standing on the L.A. Times building looking down. So there was people that showed up. They just weren't physical. They were angelic. Right. Beings that right. And, right. So, um, and so it's but it, but in the natural, sometimes that seems like a failure, but it's really not. It's obedience is better than sacrifice. The Bible right. says. So I think people have to have to really be have to understand that even if it doesn't look the way we think it should look, it doesn't mean that. um we're not doing what God's called us to do. And it doesn't mean it's in vain. Right. I think um, two things. One, it's, and I heard God clearly say this, and this was encouraging to me, where in the midst of things like that, where you don't see physical results or whatever, right? Um, You have no idea what's going on in the spiritual realm. No idea. Mm -hmm. So let's say your husband saw those two angels. Maybe he saw two out of a thousand, right? Like maybe, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like you have yeah. no idea what's right. going on. Um, so that's one. And one of the things that God um, was dealing with me on, I'll say about a year ago when, when me and him were going at it about <laughs> trusting him. Oh, honey, I go at it with him. I'm very. So I, I, I totally go at it with God. Tell like, stuff, I'm like, uh-uh, ask somebody else. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. we have some conversations. Okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> but one of, during one of my um, consecrations and, and again, when we talk about how relationships look different, like my consecrations and fasts and stuff, it's not all thank you, God, and I'm not eating and all this stuff. I'm complaining. I might be going off during my fast, like, because, like, I really have his attention now. Like, I have his attention when I pray and stuff, but when I fast, it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, look, it's me and you. I know you're listening now. Yeah. I got something to say. Like, (laughs) you know, because I feel like, look, you already know I'm thinking it, so, yeah. Why hide it? But one of the things he told me when I was complaining to him about moving to LA and um, being here all this time and obeying him and stepping out on faith, he was like, you need to understand that there is no consequence for your obedience that I cannot handle. Not one. So whatever happens as a result of you doing what I tell you to do, you got to trust that I'm going to take care of you through it. And that's hard. Mm-hmm. That's hard. That's, I mean, when rent is due, because mm-hmm. I add, when I add up all the tithes I paid and understand that that money could have gone. To, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, when I When I look at the time that I'm putting into everything else that God is telling me to do versus having a regular job using mm-hmm. the degrees that I work my butt off to get 
Mm-hmm. But God is saying, okay, yeah, I want you to do this podcast and you're going to act and you're going to do all this other stuff. I'm like, um, yeah, but you know, I got to pay this. Like, you know, <laughs> like my car is gone. What's up? Like, yeah. Like what? I'm doing what you tell me to do. And all he keeps saying is, but I got you. Like he keeps telling me Isaiah 41 and 10 and then um, Isaiah 41 and um, I think it's like 13 or 14 that he repeats over and over again. Fear not, I'm with you. I am your God. Like, do you understand that I am your, I'm not just God. I am your God. Like that's a personal thing. And I got you and I love you and I'm going to take care of you. Just do what I'm telling you to do and take your expectations off of the, the calling and the command that I've given to you. You've mm-hmm. got to take your expectations off of it mm-hmm. because there it, we serve an infinite God that, and here's another verse that people quote all the time. My, your ways are not my way. My ways are not your ways. My, mm-hmm. Your thoughts are not my thought. That thing that people always quote. Right. And it's like, do you really understand that? Do you right. really understand the infinite nature of God? Mm-hmm. To the point that what he's telling you to do now is something that he planned a long time ago. Like a long, 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 long time ago. Yeah. It's just that you're hearing about. So like he woke you up like a couple months ago and said, okay, do these Jericho walks and all of this stuff. Years ago, he already <laughs> said, okay, so this stuff is going to happen in the country and this uprising and all this stuff. So who am I going to get? Oh, yeah, Teresa's cool. Okay, I'll, I'll, we're going to use my daughter and she'll do this. And I have all of this other stuff that you're not even aware of. I have all this other stuff and all these other people that I'm going to touch through this event that she's going to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think not only that, but in the process of trying to encourage people and empower people, and on the 26th, we are um, we're having seven different people speak, just like about 15 minutes about how you can influence that specific mountain, and then we're going to do a Jericho walk, come back, worship. We're going to have uh, different people pray in different languages because we feel like it's really important to incorporate the diversity of California. Um, there's so many churches that are actually not English speaking churches. There's a lot of churches that are, um, you know, Slavic and Russian, Armenian, Chinese, Vietnamese, and they don't actually speak, uh, English and which I think is amazing to be honest. I love it. So we're going to have different people just come and pray. We actually have a a Samoan pastor that's going to come and pray in Samoan. And, um, and so, um, and then after we do that, uh, just to kind of like just show the just the beauty of diversity that God has in our in the Christian faith, and then we'll have worship, and then we'll have another speaker get up and speak about the next um, mountain of influence and how we can influence that. Um, so in that process, we've met a lot of really amazing people. Um, we've actually been invited to people's homes for for lunch and to talk about it, yeah. and then met other people. And I've really seen God create this network of um, kind of like what I would call underground remnant believers that are all connecting right now. And I see the Lord like making this net um, of remnant believers. So as things start getting harder and harder um, and when revival comes, there's already going to be a net of networked remnant people that have been established. So if the church doors don't open when um, people start getting saved, which people are getting saved now. I can tell you an amazing story about a woman in San Jose who got saved via Instagram and just, you know, watching um, some stories that I had in a, a girl that I mentor have, and she's now saved and we barely met her for the first time. Yeah. And, um, but just that network of people. So they, they can, they're not going to slip through the cracks of where do I go? Because there's no churches. How do I build my relationship with Jesus? Because we're already establishing these networks throughout all of the state of California to say, oh, you live in Orange County. Oh, I know someone who's doing, you know, this Bible study over there. Or, or you live in the Bay Area. There's this over here. So we're, there's this really neat kind of unseen, really nobody really talks about it, network of people that are actually um, unifying in prayer, in action, to really just be available for um, people who are hurting so bad right now to preach um, through evangelism, through discipleship, through yeah. all kinds of different ways, which 
um, the Jericho Walk has actually opened up doors for us to meet um, th actually thousands of people. And wow. you know, we affirmed and, and um, encouraged by them. And then we have the opportunity to affirm and encourage them as well. And I, I love it because I, I really believe that's really what the body of Christ is. It's just yeah. a network of people who are coming together to declare the name of Jesus, to show the love of Jesus, to help people heal from the darkness that this world dishes us up our whole life. And then to find a place in the body of Christ and then turn around and show other people that same love and grace and mercy. So it's like this, um, you know, snowball effect which is what revival actually is. Revival isn't, you know, an event that happens at a yes, place. Yes, right. Revival right. is the transformation of hearts on a massive scale because people feel the presence of God with so much intensity, they cannot run from it. That's really yeah. what revival is. And mm -hmm. so we really want to usher that in because we're saying, yes, Lord, we want revival. And so we want to encourage people and empower people to pray, to repent, to, um, to battle in the heavenly so that yeah. this the california and the nation can receive that new wine that you're pouring yeah. out yeah, yeah yeah um in respect to that to um all over america how does this translate to the nation first of all you talked about september 26 what happened on september 26th um, well, when we first did our first Jericho walk, we asked the Lord to give us um, dates and places. And he told us to come back to the Capitol on September 26th. Um, September 27th is Yom Kippur, um, which a lot of a lot of Christians don't really know what that is in the Jewish um, calendar. But that's the Day of Atonement. And so um, there's this uh, place where... Um, we want to we wanted to come back to that place where we're like saying god we we are so thankful that you atoned for our sins that you atoned for us um and and for our state and for our nation and um and so we wanted to go back that day but um about two months ago we planned that about three months ago and about two months ago maybe six weeks ago um there's two different like really big name people jonathan khan and franklin graham who are doing a national day of prayer at the state uh, capital. And what had happened, I mean, I'm sorry, at the nation's capital, I apologize. And um, what had happened was, is uh, when the Lord had woke me up about doing this 50 states, um, United States of prayer is what the Lord told me. I want my, the United States of prayer. I, I want the United States to be in unity in prayer. Um, so we, I put together this website, which I've never done before in my entire life and, um, and asked the Lord to help me. And then to really just encourage people in every state in the union to meet on September 26th to pray around their state capitals. So there's like this unity um, from the nation's capital to each of the capitals in the United States. And so that was the vision and really the hope um, for the 26th. It doesn't mean if it doesn't happen on the 26th that it can't ever happen again, but that was just kind of like the vision, the, the, the place where we wanted to meet. Um, and then, um, on, on the 26th, we really wanted to come together in unity as a body of Christ nationwide and um, just really see the believers uh, unite in prayer and pulling down strongholds. So here's a, for clarification purposes. September 26th is the, the national kind of event, right? That's the, 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 the one that's happening where it's Jonathan Kahn and, and Franklin Graham on the nation's capital. Right. 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 But you're also doing one in Los Angeles, well, in California, Sacramento. in Sacramento, Sacramento. this is the state capital. Um, you talked earlier about the four states that you've spoken with, if I'm not mistaken. Do, do you yeah. know which four states those are so far? Yeah, uh, it is. Um, so Nevada is doing a, a Jericho walk. If you go to the website, it'll tell you if you look at events, it'll tell you all the different ones. So Nevada is having a Jericho walk. Ohio, Michigan, and mm -hmm. um, I can look really quick. <laughs> no, but okay. So Nevada, Michigan, and Ohio. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I have the website up right now so that people can see. And on the podcast, it is www.battlecryamerica.com. 
com, And I will put that in the notes as well so that people will be able to see that. Now, if someone, because now we've got, what, 46 other states to cover, right? So if someone hears this from anywhere, I want to make it clear that it's not like you have to be some big name person or some, (laughs) I want you to really make it clear that if God is telling you, you know what, do this, explain this, I think almost the simplicity of just doing it. How do you do it? Yeah. um, It's really just someone who's willing. It's just someone that Mm -hmm. says, you know what, I want to pray around my state capital. If it's just one person in their family or their church and that's all they do, there's such power in that. I think sometimes people, because we've been surrounded by celebrity Christianity for so long, I think people oh, yes. feel like they don't have any voice or any say or any power. And it's just so unbiblical and not the heart of God. I mean, we are all children of God. And there's there's nowhere in the word of God that says we have to have a specific title or a specific degree in order to preach the word or to pray or to even act Um Faith without faith without works is dead. So when you're participating and partnering with God in praying for your nation, which is God's will for us to do and to pray for our leaders and to pray against things that are destroying our country, um, it could be anyone. It could be a 14 year old girl. It could be a you know six year old man. It could be you know um, it could be anybody. Is my point? It doesn't matter. Um, and and I think a lot of people feel like well. I, how do I get involved and what do I do? And so we're just encouraging people just, um, you know, decide to do it. Then we'll put it on our website. Then, you know, call your local churches and say, hey, we're having this event. We're going to pray. Put it on Instagram, Facebook. Um, call your Christian radio stations. Most Christian radio stations will advertise um, events that are happening for free. Um, and even if there's only 20 people that come, it doesn't matter. Like I said, in L.A., we've been doing this for a long time. Um, and we've had 500 people and we've had no, just our family. And it doesn't change the fact that we're doing a a Jericho walk. We still are doing a Jericho walk. It doesn't have to be masses of people and it doesn't have to be, um, you know, uh, you know, highly publicized. It's just, the point is to get people together to pray around the state capital because, um, there's so much power in, um, in doing that. And there's so much power in prayer, there's so much power in unity and action. And also a lot of people don't realize is when you do this, these kind of things, you actually um, become an example and you show people, okay, wait, um, it didn't, it's, we can do that. I mean, some of the events that we've done have been intense. Like there's been big bands and like we did an event in Fresno and Sean Foyt was there and there was all this sound and music. And then we went to LA and it was just, we had a little boom box and five people so, and it looks different. Each city looks different because the heart of God looks different for his heart for cities is different. Just like he has, he looks at us individually as humans and he has this special intimate connection with us. I believe God has the same kind of intimate connection with different cities because there are principalities over those regions that um, put that city in bondage. And so the Lord wants to, you know, deal with that city specifically in regards to that principality. So a couple of things that you said that I want to really highlight. One, one of the things, first of all, just anyone, just if you're willing, God is looking for a willing servant. So if you're willing, so be it. Two, you talk about calling Christian stations. Can you like, can you talk about that a little bit more like calling, particularly in the South, because we have something that in California is not rampant, but tons of gospel music station, contemporary Christian music station. Can you talk about that calling those stations and what that looks like? Yeah, most Christian stations have a community calendar and they are willing to, if you tell them what the event is and where it's at, they're willing to put it on their community calendar. And some Christian stations will actually announce it, you know, the week before, and some just have it on their website. It just depends on the station. But uh, but you, most of them you do online. So when I say call, I mean, I'm 46. So right, <laughs> no, I, I feel you. I mean, most of I called, but they said, oh, go online. So, I mean, most of them you can go online actually to their website. And there's a community calendar. You can fill up the information. 
and then they'll put it on their calendar and sometimes they'll even announce it um, on their radio station. And I mean, I would even suggest calling local churches, other local churches, emailing them and stuff just to get them on board. Um, does this have to be at state capitals? Can this be at city capitals? Um, uh, the, so, for example, I'm from South Carolina. If someone is doing one in Columbia and can't get there, can someone do it in Charleston? Um, Charlotte, the, the capital of North Carolina is Riley, um, Durham, Riley, Durham area. What if someone lives in Charlotte? Like, what does that look like? Actually, I would be so ecstatic if people went to every city hall in every city in every state, because that's really what I mean, I would love to see that even in California. And there are people um, in Hayward. I met a guy and he said, I live in Hayward. And for the last month, they've been doing Jericho walks around their city hall and events every week for a month. And um, they've, they've done one in Stockton where we weren't even a part of it, you know, but they asked us, you know, hey, we want to do this. I'm like, you go, you guys do. That's legit. That's amazing. So I... I think anywhere where there's some kind of space where laws are made that affect um, our um, our lives, because uh, government has such a huge impact on our lives right now. In our country, it's not supposed to, <laughs> based on you know being a democratic republic. But right now, you know, we have such big government that's gone so far. I feel like it's so important for people to really pray and also to get involved to understand, you know, what laws are being passed, because part of the problem in the Christian church is that we're like, oh, it's government that, you know, we're religion. They haven't really gotten involved in that mountain of influence. So Satan has taken over and said, well, all okay, then I'll get involved. Same with um, Hollywood, which is why Hollywood Arise and the Hollywood Network of Prayer and all these ministries in Hollywood have been so um, pivotal because it's like, we're taking back what you're trying to take. Like, for a long time, Christians just kind of wrote off Hollywood like, oh, whatever, just, you know, whatever. And um, and then, you know, in the last 25 years, God has literally called people to Hollywood as a ministry to say, you need to go and you need to be a light and you need to change the atmosphere. And I'm seeing that in a lot of things in education with the homeschool movement and the Christian yeah. school movement. I mean, there's just so many things where uh, media like this is actually a form of media. So um, people having their own media come up to really communicate. So it's really important, I feel like, for people to, if they're going to do that. Um, I know people have done Jericho walks around Planned Parenthoods. I know people have done uh, Jericho walks even just on the beach, but they they call it a prayer walk just to basically declare the name of God over their city, you know, from the West Coast over to, you know, <laughs> over to California. So um, I, I think anywhere really doesn't have to be the state capital. The state capital, we just have said that just as a meeting place of this is our state. This is where all of our state legislators may. This is where all of our, um, you know, state senators and representatives who are supposed to represent us meet. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, okay. So September 26th is at the national event, but this can happen before or after, Correct. Correct. Okay, so um, this is what I want to encourage people to do. Go to the website, www.battlecryamerica.com. Check it out. Check the information out. They can actually contact you on the website. Is that correct? Yes. To kind of let, let you know, okay, we're covering this area. I like the idea of the website even being a place of encouragement where someone can literally go on and say, you know what? This space isn't covered. I happen to be in this area. I'm going to do one here, um, that type of thing. Um, but definitely go to the website, check out the information. If you need more information, it's there. Um, as well as if you want to start one, I think you also have information about how simple it is to do um, because it is a simple thing. I know I want to encourage my home state, South Carolina, everyone in Charleston, North Charleston, you guys go out there, go to North Charleston City Hall, walk around everyone on Liberty Hill in my neighborhood, walk around um, in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I went to school. I want to encourage them just all over you guys. It, it's so it's so simple. And you don't I love that you talk about getting over the celebrity mentality of Christianity, which is so not of God. It's not there's only one celebrity in our in our system. Like. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> that's simple. 
So it really is just about going to the website, check it out, contact her, let her know, let let the entire organization know what's going on, what you want to do. Um, I encourage everyone to do so um, and be the light of change in a dark world. So, So Teresa, thank you so much for coming on and joining me and talking about what you're doing. I I want to support it. I live in Glendale. So I'm going to do it in Glendale. I'm just going to walk around. I'm going to do my Jericho walk in Glendale because that is my, that's where I live right now. Um, and I'm going to make some calls and spread the word and whoever else I can tell it to, I'm on it. So... Awesome. And if you do, you know, what we do is we just, um, we let, we let people know, we share the word we put on our website, we put it on our Instagram and our Facebook okay. uh, to just let people know that maybe are in that, those spaces and to support you. And we just feel, I feel so honored that you um, asked me to be on your show. I'm just so delighted. This is an amazing ministry that God has um, opened up and I just speak blessing over you and pray that God just um, prospers your hand in this and really people get blessed by what you're doing. Cause I feel like it's totally worthy. It's just a worthy thing you're doing. So well, thank you. Thank you so much. And I, I need to go on the website and like put it in there that I'm going to do one in Glendale. Um, <laughs> and do that. Thanks again, Teresa. I'm going to pull you off of the stream okay. right now and we will, I will talk to you soon, whether it's on Facebook, online, whatever. Okay. So, thank you. All right, you guys, that was Teresa Buchers. Go to the website, battlecryamerica.com. Check out the information. You don't have to be a celebrity. You just have to be willing. Just be willing and um, and just get on the ball. We all have a calling on our life. We all have a mission on our life. This is something simple we can all do. In the meantime, you guys leave comments. This is going to be on YouTube, on Facebook until the 17th where on the 17th, of course, the podcast itself will be up um, and I will pull it off Facebook and you can go to the podcast and listen there. So leave comments, ask questions, join the conversation. In the meantime, peace, stay cool and God bless.